1: okay so i know some of you in the crowd are probably a bit hesitant to hear a message from a 14 year old kid um but i believe that the holy spirit has something in store for you today so i hope you guys are open and willing to hear it from me so i'm going to share my journey through fear but first i'd like to open off in prayer okay uh dear god thank you for the opportunity that the youth had to take over church today. I pray that you would soften the hearts of people in the crowd today to be able to receive your love. And Lord God, we pray that you would meet them where they're at in their journey. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so my name is Micah Tabet. For those of you who don't know me, I am 14 years old, as I said before. Um, I've been at this church for all of my short little life, <laughs> and I was dedicated and baptized right here. Um, But first of all, I have two verses. The first one is, um, what is it? Joshua 1 verse 9. I think they have it. Yes. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's very true. And the second one is Isaiah 35 verse 4. I think they have it as well. Yep. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. He will come with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Okay, so shortly after I got baptized at eight years old, the Lord gave me the gift to be able to see into the spiritual realm, which means like see the angels and the demons in and amongst us. Um, And I I didn't know that. I didn't understand that he was equipping me with the weapons that I would need for the battle to come in later years. Um, And at that point, I could only see the demonic and it pretty well terrified me. It's pretty scary. And it, it terrified me so much that I didn't even share it with my parents. I just kept that to myself and it just festered and it grew and it just became, you know, way worse. Okay, but right now, I'd like everyone to close their eyes. I'm gonna paint a picture for you. Everybody to close their eyes. And for those of you who are older than me, Picture yourself as a scared child, where your parents just turned off the light. And all sense of safety and security has been taken from you. And the thing you relied on for comfort is now absent. So picture yourself in a room with no lights. It's completely pitch black. You're isolated and you're alone. You're lying there as the silence becomes deafening you're lying in bed as you feel the presence of darkness start to creep in and around you. Your voice suddenly seems to leave you. An icy chill crawls up your back as, the, as black fog settles in around you. A rock sinks in your stomach as the tentacles of fear grip your throat, taking what voice you thought you had. You're physically paralyzed, by fear, unable to get out of bed for help. You're too afraid to close your eyes to try and sleep because you know as soon as you're not looking, that's when the fog takes over. Okay, you can open your eyes now. I lived in that right there for over two years, every single night, lying in my bed. I went through that. And I didn't share it with anybody. I thought it was just my imagination. I I kept that to myself. The fear and the darkness never left me. And I came to believe that it was bigger than God. People say it's darkest before the dawn, but when the dawn came, the darkness remained. It would follow me throughout the day. And even in the physical daylight, I could still feel the darkness's oppression. Because a physical light can't defeat a spiritual darkness. And it wasn't until I shared this with my parents that it started to break. We're not made to walk this life alone. They taught me to always look for the angels when the darkness came. And in those situations, when I started to look for the angels, the Lord would show them to me. And it would provide complete comfort. But after years of darkness, years of darkness, one moment changed everything. I joined a program called Street Invaders. Invaders. And I was invited into a relationship with God that I'd never had before. I really wanted to go to Street Invaders, but not going to lie, I was kind of nervous about the sleeping situation. I was worried that I was going to lie awake in the darkness, terrified as I had years before. I had to choose to, stay, to say yes and to step out in faith, even though the fear was present. So when I get to Street Invaders, I could instantly tell that something was different that very first night. I was lying there in the darkness, just God and I, and I felt complete content and I felt complete peace and fear was totally absent from that moment. I wish I could tell you what it was, but I haven't even figured that out myself. All I know is I said yes to the Lord and he met me in the middle of my fear. When I tried to do it by myself, nothing changed. But as soon as I looked to the Lord, Everything changed. All he needs is our yes to meet us. So I challenge you guys to say yes. Invite him into your struggles. Bring him into your journey, whatever that may be. It could be fear like mine. It could be fear of a job loss, losing a loved one, never finding a loved one, COVID, whatever it is. Bring him in and I guarantee you something's going to change. Maybe you've said yes to him before and it hasn't worked. Try it just one more time, one more time. Just like how I got you to close your eyes in the beginning, I wanted you to feel what I felt because fear is a liar. Yeah, Yeah, can I get an amen? Yeah. Yeah, fear is a liar. And it taught me to believe that I wasn't safe when in reality I'd been raised in a safe and a happy home environment with no reason to fear because a physical light can't defeat a spiritual darkness you need a supernatural light to completely and utterly destroy the lies of the enemy and for those of you who struggle with fear for whatever reason I just want you to know that you're not alone whatever it is you're not alone there's people around you myself included who struggled just like you are and if fear is something you struggle with right now, I would absolutely love to pray for you. Because I believe God's going to change something in your life today. And I believe he has more for you than what you're living out right now. Yeah, so at the end of the service, I'd like to stand with you in your yes. Because I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him.
2: Good morning. My name is Bianca. My family and I moved here from South Africa not too long ago, and I suppose you could say it's a little bit cold. But (laughs) it's absolutely stunning here, and my relationship with the Lord has really flourished over the past couple of months, and it's been really amazing to be part of C3 Youth. So something that's very important to me is hearing God's voice, and that's what I'm going to be speaking on today. I'd been sitting on a um, field in summer, and reading my Bible and on my way home, there was this 10-year-old boy walking to his sports practice, and I suddenly had this thought to tell him that he was amazing and that he should never give up and that Jesus loves him so much. And so naturally, I debated whether I was going to run across the field like a mad lady. I'm telling this. But eventually, I made up my mind, and there I was, sprinting across the field, telling this boy that he was amazing and that he should never give up and that Jesus loves him so much. So, funny enough, just before this, I'd been reading my Bible. I'd been fully consumed by His Word and truly touched by the Holy Spirit. And that's when I realized for myself that the primary way that God speaks to us is through His Word. So today I invite you to take a minute to think. Have you ever had a thought that would not leave you alone? And often we'll have these thoughts that keep popping up. We're hearing them in songs. We're seeing them in movies. The person that's sitting next to you right now, as a side comment, that relates back to this thought. We often say, oh, it was a coincidence when we think about someone and see them the next day. But coincidence? I think not. This could be God trying to speak to you, seeking you out, calling out your name over and over again. Waiting for you to simply knock on the door. Because you see, everything that God says to you has a purpose, has a reason. But if God is dropping off the mail and you're not home to receive it and you haven't knocked on the door yet to get inside, how do you expect to read it? How do you expect to hear God's voice? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. We need to take a step to move forward. We need to knock on his door and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. But how do you do that? How do you knock on his door? It's simple. You spend time with him. So three things that I find that really help me hear God's voice is one, reading the Bible. This is the primary way that God speaks to us. We need to make it a priority. The Bible is not just some book with a set of rules for us to follow. Yes, it's where Jesus teaches us, but it's also where he speaks. It is the word of life. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Over the past couple of months, I've started making it a priority for myself, and I've never been as close to God as I am right now, hearing His voice quite often in my life. When you start making it a priority, you'll be able to find answers to your life's questions. But not only that, you'll be able to help others with their questions because God will be using you to speak. But maybe you do read your Bible every day. Maybe you've been reading your Bible every day for the past 20 years, and you still can't hear God's voice. Ask yourself, do you read your Bible in the morning and forget about him for the rest of the day? This brings us to point two, seeking God throughout your day. Having a constant conversation with him. And oftentimes I will lose something and be looking everywhere for this thing that I'm not finding. And recently, I've been doing this thing where I stop looking and I say, Jesus, I can't find my pencil. I really need it right now. Like, please help me. And funny enough, the minute I do this, I seem to find what I was looking for. Sarana once shared this story where throughout her day, she will ask the Holy Spirit to be with her. And I've also started implementing this in my life. And it's quite incredible. It's made such a difference Even though I was seeking God in the smallest of ways, I was still seeking Him, and it made the biggest difference. Point three, prayer. Who's doing all the talking in this relationship? (laughs) Are you taking the time to listen? Because you see, prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. Every now and then, I'll pray with my dad before I go to bed, and something that he's always taught me that's really helped me hear God's voice is once we've said what we needed to say, we stay still and pray in absolute silence, but we just listen, and it's really incredible. Now, you won't always get a thought or a voice telling you something, but you might get an image. And you've always heard people say, a picture speaks a thousand words, right? So this image could speak to you. Try and interpret what this image says when you get one from God. Now, if there's anything I want you to take away from what I said today, is that God's always speaking. We just have to knock on the door and take a step forward in order to hear Him. Something that you must always remember, though, is that the enemy will try and convince you that God can only speak to certain individuals, whether that be the worship team or people that are in full-time ministry. But this is not the case, because God can speak to you, and he can speak to you, and he can speak to you. If only we would open our ears. Because as much as you knock on the door, you must also be willing to open the door when it's knocked on. Now, we must remember, though, that we must be able to recognize God's voice and know when to open that door or leave a close with three locks on, yeah. okay? <laughs> and that's a whole different sermon. But when God is speaking to you, it will come with confirmation. Okay, along with this, if you don't expect to hear God's voice, you won't. It's the same thing as when people tell you if you think you're going to fail, you will. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Maybe you're here today and you haven't heard God's voice in a long time, or you're here today and you've never heard it at all. So today I invite you to take that step forward by taking time in your day today by reading your Bible, or simply just spending five minutes in absolute silence listening and inviting him in. God is always speaking, it just requires you to knock at the door, along with This journey with Jesus, I encourage you to write down anything that God shares with you, any thoughts that he gives to you, write them down, any pictures that he gives to you. Describe them and explain them, because at your current journey in life, you might not understand it. But as Jesus' plan for your life comes together, it will start to fit together and make sense. Let's all pray. Lord, I thank you for your love and your never-ending grace. Lord, I thank you that you're here with us today and you're just blessing each soul that's in this room, Lord. I just ask that you give us the strength to open our ears and listen for your voice, to give us the wisdom to know when it is your voice speaking. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Wow. Can we just give it up one more time for Micah and Bianca this morning? I really don't need to be up here. I think we can all go home after that. I'm so proud of you guys, and not only for being bold and courageous to be up here, but taking the time to sit with God and hear from him and be in your word and be in his presence. And that is the greatest example. So not only to your generation, but to the other generations and to me as well. I'm really, really proud of you guys. Killed it. I'm only a little over a year into serving in youth ministry, and I have learned and observed a lot from these young people, but if there could be one takeaway, I would say it would be this, that this generation is not just satisfied with going to church and then going about their week and coming back and doing the same thing or going to youth and checking a box. These teenagers are hungry for the presence of Jesus and they so value an authentic encounter with God and not only just for themselves but they want to see their families and their schools and their city impacted and they want to see people meet Jesus and I am so challenged and inspired and I like it takes my breath away sometimes I have a message on my heart this morning that I want to share with you guys, and we're going to have an opportunity for you to come forward and respond and receive prayer from these guys and some of our youth prayer team this morning, but my message today is not just for the moms and the dads and the youth leaders and the high school teachers and those who feel called to work with the next generation or with teenagers, but I fully believe that if you are alive on this earth right now, which that does in fact include all of you here this morning, that God has anointed you and equipped you to champion the next generation. I fully, fully believe that. So if you have your Bibles with you today, you can open them to Psalm 78. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. I love this Psalm. We're just going to look at the first eight verses. It says, Oh my people! Listen to my instructions, open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders, for he issued his laws to Jacob." He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. It's powerful. It has this overarching view of this passing of the torch in a sense, from one generation to the next, which is so cool. And if you've ever been a part of a baby dedication here at church, you'll notice Pastor Lorne will come up and he'll, you know, invite the family and the parents up and he'll say, you know, mom and dad and family, do you agree to raising this child in the ways of the Lord and at the right time, introducing them so that they have a faith of their own and the mom and dad get the chance to say, yes, we do. And then he looks to the congregation and that's us. And what does he say? He says, do you, as the family of God, commit today to come alongside this family as they raise this child in the ways of the Lord? And we have an opportunity to say yes. Why why does he ask that? Well, because it takes a village. Not just the moms and the dads, but us as the family of God standing alongside these parents to champion the next generation. We know that God is a generational God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. What does that even really mean? Well, he knows the beginning and the end of my life. Absolutely. But he also knows the beginning from the end of time. He's written not only my story, but the stories of my parents, of my grandparents, of my great grandparents Of your children and their children, their great-grandchildren, and even says the ones not yet born. That blows my mind. A God so intimately involved in our everyday knows every breath you take and every hair on your head. While also orchestrating from this bird's-eye view, He's written your story. And he's written the stories of your children already, It's settled in heaven, and of their children, and of their children, and of their children. He's a God of the generations. It's pretty powerful. I'll never forget, I was in San Diego a few years ago. We were there for a C3 America's conference, and it was so much fun. I can't wait till the day we get to do that again. And I was in worship, and I was going through a really difficult time personally, and I was contending for some some things in my life, and I was feeling discouraged, and I wasn't really seeing any breakthrough. And I remember God giving me this clear picture, like so quickly. And this is kind of weird, but it was of my grandchildren, which if you didn't know, I don't have any of those quite yet. And they were playing in the backyard, and Somehow I knew by this picture that they knew the goodness of God. And if you've ever heard me share my story, I've mentioned bits of it a couple of times. I didn't grow up knowing the goodness of God. I didn't grow up in church, going to youth, wasn't a part of my story. I came to know Him later in life. So you better believe I'm standing on that promise that my children and my grandchildren will grow up knowing the goodness and the kindness. And the mercy of God. It may not always look like that perfect picture. I'm very aware of that. But I really felt like while I was preparing my message the last couple weeks, that maybe there are some moms and dads here this morning, or maybe some of you watching online, and you do have a child. Or some children who are far from God, and they're not walking with him right now. And I'm not a biological mom. I do have three younger siblings and a shwackload of teenagers that I love so much and would do just about anything for, but I can't imagine what that would feel like. But I really felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you this morning and number one, to tell you that A, you have not failed, and B, that you can stand on the promise today that not only will your children But your children's children and their children and so on and so forth, they will know the goodness of the Lord. But you got to stand on that promise. And I really, really felt that. So if you're in that place this morning, my heart goes out to you. But be encouraged today that we serve a God of the generations. That even when it seems like all hope is lost, that God knows the end from the beginning. I'm gonna invite the worship team back up this morning. I know that I don't have to inform you that it's really tough to be a teenager these days. And even different than from when I was in high school, some of the stuff that these teenagers face are really hard. Some of the pressure socially and in the education system, it's different, it's changing. And sometimes it frightens me to be totally honest. To be a young person serving God and serving his kingdom, to stand in their schools and in their friend groups of a bunch of other kids who don't know him, it's not easy. And I don't have to tell you that we're in a spiritual battle, not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities between darkness and light. So you know what it's going to take? some mums and some dads and some grandmas and grandpas and big brothers and big sisters, some young adults, some people who would commit to passing on their faith to the next generation, which as we read in this psalm, it's not talking about passing on material things. It's not talking about passing on finances or skills, although those are great things. It's talking about passing on your faith. There's nothing greater than we, that we could pass on to the next generation than that. So it's gonna take some people who would make a commitment to pass their faith on, to see the next generation do great things and to stand strong. Let me ask you something. What has God done in your life? For you personally, I want you just to take a moment and think about that. Has he set you free from something? Has he healed you from an addiction? Has he restored your marriage? How did you come to know him? Has he brought your family back together? Has he given you purpose? What are the stories that you're telling your children? What are the stories that you're telling the next generation? I honestly think and fully believe that one of the primary ways that we pass on our faith to the next generation has so much to do with the stories we tell. What are the stories that you're telling? We don't tell our kids enough. We don't tell these young people enough what God has done around the dinner table Do you know when i was 20 years old god came and met me and set me free have you told them keep telling them they need to know we need to sing the songs and speak of the faithfulness of god that is how we pass on our faith to the next generation and the lie that the enemy so often tells the older generations is that you don't have anything to offer Just leave it to the pastor and the people who kind of maybe know more about faith in the Bible and stuff. That is a lie. And the lie the enemy tells the younger generations and myself included is that you don't really need anybody. You can just figure it out on your own. And I'm gonna harp on the young adults in the room this morning because I am one and I'm speaking to myself as well. Do not be so arrogant to think that you can do it on your own. We need the wisdom and the input and the love from the older generations. If there's any advice I could give you that has honestly changed my life, go ask an older couple who has lived some life and gone through some stuff. Go for a coffee with them. Go for dinner with them. Let them speak into your life. Pray with you, correct you, encourage you, disciple you. And I don't know if you know this, but they're probably not gonna come knocking at your door. Maybe they will, but you gotta seek them out. Ask the Lord, God, who do you want to speak into my life? And then go and meet with them. Go and ask someone and show up early. Don't be late. Take some notes and let them love on you and encourage you and pray with you. Moms and dads and to the older generations, you are needed. Your voice, your encouragement, your love, what you have to offer is needed. And to the younger generations, you are needed. Your voice, your creativity, your talent, what you have to offer is needed, but we cannot do it alone. And I am convinced that if we got it in our hearts and in our minds that we need each other. That's what breaks that generational divide. And we actually get to stand hand in hand with the God of the generations. Says we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. If you have breath in your lungs today, God has called you to be one who champions the next generation. And so I'm gonna invite you to stand this morning and we're gonna take a moment just to pray over these young people, over Generation Z. And then I'm gonna give you an opportunity To respond and come forward this morning. We're going to have in a moment Micah and Bianca and some of our leaders and prayer team come up. Can I encourage you? Come on up and receive some prayer. The prayers of these young people are powerful. So why don't you just stretch out your hands this morning? Not all of them are here today, but we're just going to use our words and our voices to speak and proclaim the faithfulness of God over the young people in this house and in our city. So Father, today, we thank you that you are the God of the generations. God, you created it that way, that you've written the stories of our personal lives, yes, but also the ones who have gone before us. And even like it says in that Psalm, the ones not yet born, wow you're such a good god so today we commit to be those that pass on our faith that not just keep it for ourselves but those who walk with the next generation of young people the next teachers and pastors and leaders and those in politics and in arts and in creativity. God, we thank you that as we go forth today, that these young people will be pillars in every industry, those who proclaim the good news of the gospel wherever they go. And may we be those that come alongside of them to champion the next generation. We thank you that these young people will do greater things today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, I'm gonna invite the prayer team up this morning. Come on up, you guys. And if anything spoke to you this morning from Micah's message or from Bianca's message, come on up, receive some prayer. Or if there's anything here today that you need prayer for, we'd love to pray with you. Thanks for being here today, church. We love you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.